I'm pretending that I'm going to sleep, even though I just want to message you back. I'm trying hard to play the part of good girl, but I'm coming at the close of every act, girls. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now You Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Austin, Texas, my guest is a singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist who has performed on Seattle's NPR station, recorded a commercial for Target, won Billboard's annual songwriting contest, had several songs placed in movies and TV shows, boy, I'm running out of breath already, toured the country, playing over 600 clubs, theaters, festivals, TV shows, and radio stations. She is on album number three and ran a successful crowdfunding campaign that we'll talk about. You've been hearing one of her songs entitled Both Ways. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Elise Black. Thank you so much for having me, Bruce. Elise, thanks so much for coming on the show. You know, it's actually over 700 shows now. Wow. I wow. know. It's kind of crazy. That's 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 exciting. Uh, yeah. Someone interviewed me recently and said, so your your show is being heard in over 60 countries. And I thought, what's the polite way to not embarrass the host? And and I told her, I said, we're actually close to 90. Um, <laughs> so that's so that's a that's a great correction to have to say well, is 700. It's better to correct that direction than the other way yeah, around. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bruce, it's 600 clubs and theaters, et cetera. Sounds good. But it's really about 250. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, thanks for making me look like a <laughs> Uh, Elise, we were teasing the listeners with Both Ways, a song of yours that they couldn't entirely hear because I was talking. So go ahead and tell the audience all about that song, please. Um, Well, I like to joke that um, this is my mother's least favorite song of mine. Um, And she came to the studio while we were recording it and was dancing along to it and started listening to the lyrics (laughs) and started dancing slower and slower and, uh, and stopped and... (laughs) <laughs> I gave her a hug and let her know it was okay that it was her least favorite song. But um, but it was also called Greedy and Narcissistic by a reviewer, um, mm. which kind of really made me sad and <laughs> cry myself to sleep at night until I remembered that this song is about greed and narcissism on some level of um, being completely in love and at the same time, you know, thinking, oh, that means I'm never going to kiss anyone else for my whole life. And, um, you know, little romances I think we all have in our minds um, even when we are completely dedicated to someone. So it is about that greed and narcissism. There's a little bit of it, I think, in all of us. So, 
I'm, I'm sorry. You're, you're doing a great job. But as soon as she said that, all I could picture was the scene in old school where Will Ferrell is sitting there telling the counselor and he's sitting next to his wife and he's motioning with his head. It's just the idea that I'm only going to have sex with one person for the rest <laughs> of my life. And he's kind of gesturing like she doesn't know. I'm sorry. My, my mind works that way. It's just it's just littered with uh, with movie lines that really have no you point. Know, I think that actually makes you kind of the cool kid in the class when you can always come up with a movie line that's related to every subject. Yay! Acceptance. <laughs> Acceptance. And we're only a few minutes into the podcast. <laughs> I am to please. I am to please. Well, okay. Be on your A-game because I've got a long list of questions for you. Uh, <laughs> since you were just talking about your song, Both Ways, update the listeners on your new album, because I know that the finish line is finally in sight. So what is the status of it today? And then uh, when will it be out? How many songs will there be? And so on. Um, Well, um, after writing 123 songs just for this record, I had to narrow it to 10. Oh, um, wow. To to work with my dream team. So I, uh, I... Let's see, we have, the songs are all recorded, everything's done, we're in the last, last, last touches of mixing, and then we go to mastering, and um, and then we start kind of building building the rest of the team around the record. That that seems to be going great, just got off a couple meetings around that, um, and we're hoping that um, we'll have a single out within a within a month or two, and, um, and the whole record can release early next year, but I really don't want to jump the gun and force anything, like one thing that this record has been about from the beginning is not forcing anything, letting everything be its absolute best by giving it the time it needed to do that instead of forcing deadlines on things like I always have in the past. I like that. I like that. And yeah, ironically, uh, listeners, if you didn't hear it, um, go back and, and listen to the interview that I did, uh, with Roger Fisher. He is, Oh, he just happens to be, the founding guitar player from Heart, uh, the Rock wow. and Roll Hall of Famer's Heart. And on that interview, we talked about exactly that topic, Elise. You know, I, I was asking him, um, and, and not to make this episode about Roger Fisher, since it's supposed sure. to be about you. No, but not a problem. <laughs> he, was, he was saying that he was launching an album, uh, and, and listeners, it was uh, episode 86 that you'll want to go and look for. So Roger Fisher on episode 86 was saying that he put out an album, which is the first in a four album series that he's doing. And I talked about what a brilliant marketing strategy that is. And so yeah. what's, so is there a timetable? Do you know when the next one will be out? And he said, absolutely not. And I said, well, should there be, you know, should an artist put out an album and kind of, you know, for accountability reasons, have themselves on some kind of a deadline, some kind of a schedule? And he said what you said, you know, which is no, you know, you, you, you got, you want the songs to be their absolute best and, and yeah. to come out when they're meant to come out, not yeah. because a calendar, you know, or, or some other means dictates uh, that, that that's when it should come out. So, well, uh, and I, that's why I wrote so many songs for this record, as I said, basically, I want nothing to be a compromise about this next record. I want this to be, I'm, I'm going to self-title this record. So I, I want to feel like this is the epitome of, epitome of my art at this time, you know, and, um, and feel fully behind every single note sung, every single note played, every single word said, every single emotion conveyed, every single ambient noise. Um, feel that this is my heart and soul because the message of the album is very much that 
I think we all feel completely broken on some level. And to say, I completely love you and accept you exactly like you are. And, um, and that message kind of wraps people up in this world of warmth and acceptance. Um, and how can I say that when I'm doubting myself and when I'm, I mean, we, we're, obviously I'm still going to doubt myself um, on a personal level like we all do, but, um, but something about feeling so good about the record allows me to come from a place of peace. Um, and then we're going to extend that out through, um, through building the whole team that we're not going to force this to be out by a certain date because we want to make sure mm-hmm, we have mm-hmm. a marketing team that deserves, um, that this record deserves, you know, that, mm-hmm. that can really run the distance with it. So, mm-hmm. well, um, answer me this then those 123 songs were written over what period of time? Um, let's see. I mean, I think that the oldest ones were written in 2012. Hmm. Um, I mean, I would have loved for this record to have come out in 2013 or 2012. Um, but again, I was just, I was forcing myself and I, I can be very A-type personality. Um, but I was forcing myself to be in my artist mind, to be in my right brain, to say this will be done when it is done. And, um, and I feel like that has paid off in spades. So. Yeah, the, the, the reason behind that question was... You know, I just went through this with a client of my own. Her new album just came out uh, 10 days ago, but it was two years in the making. And she was to the point where she was saying, like, I don't even want to give out my prior CD anymore because my writing has matured so much. My writing has changed so much. And so I want people on this record to hear how my writing has improved, where it has come to. And so that's why I was kind of thinking, well, 123 songs, you know, if that's over quite a space of time, and, and in my opinion, three years is quite a space of time, yeah. then then did songs one through 15 even really stand a chance of getting on this album? You know, one of the ones written in early 2012 with a co-writer in Nashville, actually, is liable to be a single wow. on the record. But, um, but I definitely have to say the vast majority of them were written in the last year or year and a half. Okay. okay. Um, Especially as I as I realized who I would be working with on the record, um, my game stepped up. It's on. It's honestly amazing when you know that you're going to be working with your dream team. How much your dream self comes out um, if you give it a little bit of time, because uh, you're just like I'm going to be playing with with the big boys. I'm going to be you know I'm going to be the artist of my dreams now. Well, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that, uh, and, and this is a huge leap on my part, so I, I'm standing by to be corrected, but you've got this beautiful picture of yourself. I'm looking at your Facebook page right now um, where I'm, I'm going to, I apologize if this is a bad analogy, but for those that haven't seen it yet, I'm going to liken, liken it to like Eve of Adam and Eve in the Garden yeah. of Eve, and, and you're, you're laying down, um, and I don't know if that's the intended artwork for your new album, but... Boy, you know that's if if that's any indication of the type of team you had have around you, then bravo! Yeah. Because I can't yeah. tell if that's a picture that you posed for, or if it's yes, it is, but then some filter or technique was applied to it to make it look like artwork instead of a photograph. Yeah. Um, so wow. Yeah, thank you. That will be um, in the booklet for the record, and there'll be um, a, a poster series and an artwork series around that that picture. The the profile picture on the Facebook page um, with the flowers around my head, mm-hmm. um, I call it the Mother Goddess um, or the Mother Earth picture. Is, um, that will be the cover. 
And um, I couldn't be more excited about the artwork on the record. Um, a fantastic guy who usually his focus is um, is Hollywood, big Hollywood movie posters. Mm. Um, he's he's the one who did that. And he um, I only bring him projects that I know he's going to be crazy excited about because he costs <laughs> a bazillion dollars. And so it's my bargain. It's my bargaining chip with him. Um, but um, but yeah, no, he's a phenomenal artist in and of himself. And so finding finding every, filling every single part of this this team with people who just floor me um, from an artistic level was kind of a way to inspire myself to take to take everything to just a, a crazy professional and crazy artistically beautiful and honest place. Okay, so. so set the record straight. That beautiful picture of you that's at the top of the Facebook page where you are lying down was that a photograph? That was a photograph, um, but nothing except for me and my skivvies was, um, and, and, you know, my hair, obviously, but um, was uh, was there, so. Wow, wow. Yeah. Boy, that's amazing. The, the, that's amazing. the picture of, of the, the skivvies will not be released publicly. No. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> what a, again, well, so, so let's, let's stop uh, keeping the, li- the listeners guessing when you're talking about this dream team, because you worked on this album with producer Eric Ross. So, so mm-hmm. fill the listeners in on his credentials and, and, and more importantly, in my opinion, how you got connected with him in the first place. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Eric Ross is both insanely talented as well as being a wise, kind man. Um, and that combination was what I needed if I was going to make something that said, I love you, I accept you, um, let me wrap you up and, and protect you in a world that's sometimes scary and so harsh. Um, and so someone who was who was willing to go there. And um, he has worked, um, he produced the Breakthrough record uh, for Sarah Bareilles. The His first work was the Breakthrough record for Tori Amos, um, He's done the breakthrough for Mary Lambert for um, an analog. He also has done um, not necessarily the breakthrough records, but, you know, records with Maroon 5, Gavin DeGraw, mm. um, oh, a whole boy. list of people who are in that, um, let me call it acoustic pop, acoustic fringe pop sort of realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there's nothing he's done that I don't say, even if I'm, I'm not, the artist isn't top of my list. I think, wow, that was beautifully done mm-hmm. um so i had managed somehow to talk um in my opinion one of the world's best drummers matt chamberlain into being on the record um before when i uh, when i was working with my previous producer for the record um i'm on my third producer don't worry all of the breakups have been very amicable and <laughs> friendly but um i'm not a high drama girl but um but i did have kind of a sense of seeking to find the right fit and the and to find its right home um so when i was working with my last producer i talked matt chamberlain to being on drums and after um we gracefully parted ways i went to matt and said hey so um you've worked with most the best producers in the entire world uh who do you think should be uh, should produce this record and uh, and he said eric ross hands down hmm. and i was highly doubtful that eric would work with me or that i would be able to afford him Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and all of it has come together in this magical sort of way. I keep doubting every single step that it's going to be able to happen. But on the other hand, I have this vision in my head of where this is all headed. And it's a beautiful place that's not based around fame or around, um, money or around any sort of, um, space outside of wanting to connect deeply 
with as many people as possible with this with this message. So, so, um, so is Matt the one that actually connected you with Eric? He did. Okay. He sent me on over, and um, Eric really respects Matt. And Eric gave the the tunes a listen and agreed to be part of it. We started recording. Um, let's see, in in February of this year, March this year, something like that. Um, and we've been been again taking our time, um, and uh, and now it's turned into this this beautiful thing. Where is so. it? Where where did you record it? And and I was going to say I, I don't want to assume that 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 city and Eric are in the same place. Uh, it, where, where is Eric <laughs> no, based and where he, did you record? He's done a lot of recording in New Mexico and Taos and, and such. And I know he loves recording there, but we recorded in, in his new studio um, on Hollywood Boulevard okay. um, in Hollywood. So um, that was an adventure for me because I've never thought of myself as a Hollywood girl. Um, hmm. I was into more grit than that, but I ended up loving Hollywood. Oh my gosh, the streets <laughs> smell like jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't mean the Disney character. <laughs> no, no. They smell beautiful and it's warm and lush, but not too warm. I don't know. It was just, you were like, I can see why people like it here so it much that they, you. you know. It spoke yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and from a standpoint of like making life rich and beautiful and 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 a magical thing instead of this glitz and glam, who are you going to go party with tonight or how you're going to look at the party sort of thing. Yeah. Outstanding. Well, crowdfunding is always a real hot topic on this show. And I feel that we can never get too many opinions on it. In fact, it wasn't until episode 62 with Nashville singer songwriter Elena that I found out that unfortunately there are some less than honest people out there who will actually put in false pledges on crowdfunding campaigns. Uh, listeners, um, go back and listen to that episode, number 62 with Elena. She she talked about um, unearthing that and, and how she dealt with it. Uh, but Elise, talk about your experience with crowdfunding, because I know that you had a successful campaign on Kickstarter. Good golly. Do they, do they put in pledges and at the last minute pull them out so that you don't make your goal? Uh, what they do is they put in these pledges that you're going really? $5,000? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And then you find out that no, they're, they're not good for, they're not good for it. It's not legit. They they never intended to pay it. Uh, And she actually had two of them. Elena had two of them. The good news with her was she found out early enough in her campaign that it wasn't, you know, they didn't sandbag the end and say, okay, there you go. You made it. Ha ha. No, you didn't. Um, but Good she golly. she yeah. all of a sudden started connecting with with other people who had been victims of uh, of false pledges in in crowdfunding campaigns, and unfortunately, she did encounter some stories of people who, you know, they I've thought, yeah, I've, I've met my goal. And in, in gosh, fact, and didn't. I mean, there is nothing that will bring out your inherent bipolar nature <laughs> more than crowdfunding. It is the most for me, the most sensitive, sensitive time. And what really helps is the personal connections along the way of people, um, you know, believing in you and telling you like what a difference your music has made to them. Um, that those personal connections were both a huge boon to, um, making it happen. And also a huge boon to me being able to emotionally stay the course. Um, cause man, it, it will, it it is hard. <laughs> yeah, to all of a sudden go into full self promotion mode and yeah, full self promotion, asking for money. Yeah, um, but further than that, um, you know, breaking through all your emotional barriers around what you're trying to do here. I think finding the honest place to ask from um, and continue going. I I 
did something minorly idiotic um, when I ran my last Kickstarter. Um, had very ambitious goals because I didn't want to compromise on the record, like I mentioned. Um, and I also um, planned a 20 shows in 26 day tour along with media dates on top of that hmm. for during the campaign um, and brought my kids with me on that tour. Hmm. Um, and so the combination of like, I did have help with the kids during that time period. Thank heavens, because I would literally roll out of bed to sit in front of my computer and personally message and talk with people um, wow. every single second that I wasn't getting to the venue. And sometimes on the way to the venue, I would, you know, tether my computer to my phone and, and wow. keep, keep promoting um, while somebody else drove. Um, and, and so it is full time. Um, you, you will get some people who say horrible things to you. Um, luckily in my case, it was only a couple, but I've heard of people mm. getting a lot of those comments. Mm. Um, and, and the best way I think to come at it is to know the deeper purpose of why, why you're making the record. I mean, furthermore, why you exist mm. mm-hmm. underneath that, mm-hmm. um, what you will bring to people's lives for that and to um, be quick to back off if people say that they don't have the money, you know, to give you, you, you know, you just immediately step back and say, and get in their shoes and be like, wow, if I was hard up and had my water heater go out and I had no idea how I was going to pay for that, like this would really phase me. This would really bug me. And on the other hand, if you really believe in your art, you have a duty to get out there and try and find support for it. This is not a new thing. People want to treat crowdfunding like it's a new thing but um honestly patrons on a larger scale have always been the basis for art um not some label Mm. or some um production company and so um this is this is as age old as you know leonardo not wanting to go ask for patrons to to make his paintings and um and so it's it's terrifying and in this case you're asking for five or ten dollars instead of you know support me for a year or two. Right. Right. Well, and, uh, you know, I pride myself on having this (laughs) kind of, kind of like the movie lines, kind of having this mental Rolodex, uh, almost of transcripts of, of all the shows that I've done and darn it. If I can't remember who it was, I know it was a male, uh, that doesn't really help, but he said, (laughs) he said that similarly, uh, don't look at someone and say, well, this person's not going to be able to give me anything. They're, you know, yeah. they're, they're down and out and they're luck these days. I know they're yeah. struggling because he said, you know, he's had people that all of a sudden they scratch him a check and he's going, uh, I had, you know, I had totally written this person yeah. off. I wasn't even going to ask him. So yeah, you, um, have, you have people who've always believed in you and you know, you think, you know, aren't worried whatsoever about money that pitch in $15. And then you'll have people who, um, you, you don't know very well, but you, you don't make any assumptions about their their wealth that pitch in four or $500 and you're just flabbergasted. But what I think you have to dwell on the people who come forward and tell you the good stuff to keep yourself motivated and moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah, and, um, and I was, I was really big on the $1 or one, two, three, $3 pledge somewhere in there to make it so that everybody could be a backer and nobody knows how much you've backed with. Mm-hmm. So you know, no one's going to judge you based off of that. But being a backer in and of itself shows that you're emotionally behind the record. Yeah, um, I like that. I like and, that. Um, and builds and also Kickstarter ranks the projects, I believe, by number of followers, not by number of um, um, dollars raised mm. um, for the initial rankings to decide which ones they should give attention to. So I Interesting. think. I th- and also people who've pledged one dollar then 
um, you know, are, are on all your Kickstarter updates and feel committed to the record and behind it. So I think it gives everybody, no matter where they are standing financially, the ability to stand behind you and believe in it and follow it, which I think is crazy important. Um, it's the same reason I do pay what you want, pay what you can for albums at shows um, is that I, I want people, I don't make the music to hide it away. I want people to have it if they want to have it. Mm, so, wow. Yeah. Very admirable. I, I, I love your attitude. I love your approach. Uh, and Thank um, you. listeners, uh, Elise and I are, are new friends. And um, <laughs> if I could tell you to support her Kickstarter campaign, I would, but it's done. And so instead, uh, I'm going to encourage you to support her in another way. Um, I'm going to go into my uh, my formal promo here, but uh, please heed this so that you can support her. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today in the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Austin, Texas, is singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Elise Black. Visit her official website at www.eliseblack.com. Note that her first name is spelled A-L-Y-S-E. And if you're doing something right now where you can't write that down, remember, you can just look at the title of this episode on your listening device. She is very much on social media, too. Find Elise on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And of course, do purchase her music, which is available on iTunes. You'll want to keep up with her online in the lead up to the new album being released, as well as to see where and when you can go see her perform live. She has lots of live shows booked. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That's spelled H-E-A-R, as in you hear with your ear. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nowhearthis.biz and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free. It makes it very easy to get the show every week. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you. And please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And I've been mentioning in recent weeks that the big news is there is now an Instagram account just for this show. Please follow on Instagram at Now Hear This Entertainment. There are pictures of guests being posted on there and pictures from the NHTE interviews that we do in person sometimes here in Crystal Blue Sound Studios. And as always, a big, big thanks to those who are not first-time listeners. I'm really grateful for all of you who continue to listen to the show. It's amazing seeing where in the world some of you are listening from. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, if someone is kind enough to post something really glowing and helpful about you on Twitter, retweet it. Don't just favorite their tweet. For example, if someone tweets a congratulations on the release of your new album, retweet that. It will show your followers that other people are talking or tweeting about you, and it's a very kind gesture back to the person who put it out. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. Are you digging the Bruce's Bonus segment each week? Listeners, are the tips helping you out, musicians and entertainers who are listening? There's one on every episode. We've even got an ebook for sale at nowhearthis.biz containing the bonus from each of the first 40 episodes. So go there and check that out. Elise, the new album aside, uh, talk about some of the side project records that you've been involved with. 
Let's see. I'm. Um, we are on the verge also of being done with a down tempo um, acid jazz record that um, that mm. takes classic hits from most eras of American pop music and puts them into this slinky, sexy techno-y sort of sound that is just perfect wine or martini drinking music. Wow. Um, and then uh, additionally, I'm working on a three part harmony. Uh, if you remember the movie Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Yeah. Um, the uh, women George down Clooney. by the river were. We're attempting to uh, to make a whole record along those lines um, uh, with a blonde brunette and a redhead, if you will, <laughs> <laughs> um, to be cute. Um, and um, that is beautiful sounding. Um, and uh, and honestly, there's I I'm just I'm so excited to be part of so many really cool projects to be able to to keep making beautiful things, hopefully for people's ears. Um, Wonderful. So Wonderful. very honored. Yeah, what a blessing. Yeah. Uh, a couple things that I was just plugging a couple minutes ago for you that I want you to elaborate on. For sure. starters, your YouTube channel, you have been releasing a new video every Tuesday and have plans to expand that. Fill the listeners in on what specifically I'm referring to. Sure. Um, I am traditionally horrible at YouTube. Um, <laughs> and I am 100% plan to completely change that around. Um, we've been releasing every Tuesday around 10 a.m. Um, a new um, song, whether it be a cover um, or an original. And uh, and we're, we're actually getting some great equipment to make those super beautiful and high def. Um, and then additionally, um, I've been kind of blogging on my Facebook that will be actually moving over to YouTube. Um, Cause I, I don't know, I really love the personal connections that I'm making with people um, through YouTube because, you know, I'm able to, to speak directly, you know, to them and, um, and people, um, really bond with that and, and, you know, speak directly to me as a result. And, um, so it's, it's a really cool way to really get to know each other. Um, and that's kind of in the end, what this, what this thing is about inspiration and I don't know, and these, making each other's lives better. These videos that you're putting out every week, uh, you do it under the hashtag of Tuesday tunes. Mm-hmm. which is uh, a nice way for people to to find those. Um, I also mentioned in the promo about your live shows. You're doing about 150 a year, seemingly all over the place, everywhere from Louisiana to Texas to California, Seattle, the list goes on. Plus, I imagine that when the new album comes out, you'll maybe even be on the road more to promote it? Yeah, yeah, actually, we'll, we're planning... Um a pretty amazing um, East Coast, um, Southeast East Coast tour, um, basically national tour spanning about um, four months early next year. Um, and so that is going to be, um, I believe, my my biggest tour to date. And, um, and it's amazing to see how awesome these shows are becoming as those connections are getting deeper. And, um, and I've been doing this for a while and people are really believing it and coming and, and sharing in those moments. Well, sounds to me as though if you're planning to hit the Southeast, that we need to make sure that we work to get you here in Tampa. I would love that. Yeah. And, uh, wow. November 8th, um, you're going to be at the hotel cafe in Los Angeles, a tremendous, Mm -hmm. tremendous venue. Um, 
you're promoting that show. Is is that going to be a, a single release party, a CD release party? Is there some significance to it? I mean, you know, I would, mind I would you, love I'm, that, but I will, I will settle for the record is done with mastering party. Um, okay. At this point. <laughs> well, and you know, hotel cafe. I mean, you know, if, if I had my client there, I'd, I'd have that at the top of her Facebook page too. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm sure that that, that will be uh, a highlight on, on your live show calendar, at least until yeah. the, the formal tour kicks off. Well, and um, and I showcased this this year with both ASCAP and BMI in L.A., and both of them went swimmingly well. Um, people supported Wonderful. and um, and were so warm and welcoming. So, um, so this is my first show at Hotel Cafe, um, and I've been wanting to play there since, you know, I started singing professionally seven years ago I'm sure. um, and and you know we've tried to schedule it in the past and it just never worked out scheduling wise so i i made a point of that um this time i'm going to be in town for a big conference and uh and it's going to be it's going to be a really great show mark brown who played on the record will be with me um a fantastic drummer his one of his favorite drummers to play with is, is on, joining us on the gig um michael carey will be on guitar it'll be it'll be a band show with with amazing players and, um, and just a really warm night, I think. So I'm really excited. So listeners, if you're going to be anywhere near the greater Los Angeles area, it's November 8th at 7 PM. Do make plans to go out and see Elise. I'm glad that you just started talking about, uh, some of the other people that will be with you because I wanted to get some clarification here. I've been referring to you as a multi-instrumentalist. Uh, you say that, Quote, concerts are played solo up through a nine-piece band. So set yeah. the record straight on all that, including the instruments that you do play. Um, let's see. At shows, I've played everything from... I, I played piano for the first five or so years that I toured um, full-time. And uh, and then being pregnant and touring um, wasn't conducive to carrying a 100-pound piano <laughs> around. Um, so, um, so I actually switched over full-time to guitar and... Um, and and now I go back and forth a bit between piano and guitar. Um, also play plenty of of ukulele, a little bit of mandolin. I've been getting into that um, since since a fan gave me a mandolin that I'm I'm pretty stoked about. Uh, and um, plenty of kazoo. I love the kazoo because it's basically just a way to to take your already you know um, your voice that you use so much and turn it into this fun quirky thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the majority of it. However, when it's not a solo show, uh, as you mentioned, um, there could be anywhere from one to eight other people on stage with you. Is, is yeah. The, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. In Austin, uh, that most often um, involves, you know, a full trio outside of me and a, a horn player, um, sometimes a cellist, um, sometimes a backup singer to um, sometimes a backup singer to also on ukulele. Um, so it's um, it gets to be a, a pretty full, fun, ruckus time, which given that I'm used to having to be the show entirely by myself and try and be all the parts all at one time, it's amazing when you hit a big chorus and it is humongous with sound. Um, that is that is a phenomenal feeling. Um, and I think uh, from what I've heard from audience, mem audience members, that it's also phenomenal for them to feel that really f um, filled out and it, it can be this kind of ephemeral um, epic feeling so so 
if you had to pick just one instrument, if someone said, I'm sorry, you know, this, this, this show that we're putting together, we're having different artists here, so we can only have it. We can't, we don't have time to have you shifting between instruments, bringing one out or, you know, setting up to what, what would it be? Because it sounds to me like piano was your first instrument. So would that be kind of your go-to? It was piano runs in my family, um, really, really heavily. Um, but honestly, I've always been called to the guitar. I know that it's mm. just so cliche and it's so overdone, but, um, but, um, I, I'm, I'm loving my guitar is kind of growing into itself. Um, um, in, in addition to the fact that I've really found my voice and my, and my songwriting voice through, um, the last couple of years, um, I feel like I'm really finding, you know, my, my little stylings on guitar and, and, um, and my voice there as well. So. And that's interesting because as you started to say, of course, when I was pregnant, I thought, well, she's going to say, of course, when I was pregnant, I really tried to just stick with the piano so that I could be sitting the whole time. But instead <laughs> you, you were referring more to having to lug it around, which, you know, I mean, obviously that's, you know, a lot of people do that. They, they get started out in their career young, you know, they're trained on piano and all of a sudden they say, well, you know, I, I plan on being pretty mobile, so I'm just going to learn the guitar. It's a lot easier yeah. to tote around, but, uh, you know, I, I've honestly always been jealous of the fact, not that I do this, but that, you know, you learn, you know, eight to 15 basic chords and how to capo and you can play most songs <laughs> on a guitar. Um, and so, um, but then again, you know, the keyboard, it's all laid out there right in front of you. There's no tricky fretwork. Um, so they both have their, their benefits, but the, feeling the vibration it's it's much easier to feel the vibration of a guitar against you than the vibration of a piano against you and something about that visceral experience of music um is so important to me now that i've gotten to um kind of this really organic period of my life where i want things to feel real and right and beautiful and honest um and that feels that for me yeah, especially as as phenomenal as technology has emerged and and they're making them these days. When it's a digital piano compared to a grand piano, it's, yeah. there's there's no comparison. Like you say, when you talk about those vibrations or lack thereof. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and I I I have a an amazing keyboard that I adore. My my Nord stage, um, and uh, and I love it, but. I just, there's, there's nothing to replace that feeling of the guitar actually vibrating against you and being able to be a walking show. Honestly, I can show up with an amp in one hand and a guitar in the other, and I don't need to have the stand and the chords Indeed. and the plug in. Yeah. And, it's, and so, um, that feels honest and beautiful to me to be able to throw down at any given moment, a concert that, that drops jaws. So very nice. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Austin, Texas, is singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and my new friend, Elise Black. Visit her official website at www.eliseblack.com. Note that her first name is spelled A-L-Y-S-E. She is very much on social media, too. Find Elise on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And, of course, do purchase her music, which is available on iTunes. You'll want to keep up with her online in the lead-up to the new album being released and the single, as well as to see where and when you can go see her perform live. She has a lot of live shows booked already. We did mention the one in Los Angeles, and as you just heard her say, there will be several shows in 2016. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. 
That's spelled H-E-A-R. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nowhearthis.biz and subscribe to this podcast and do tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it very easy to get the show every week. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you. And please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And as I mentioned before, there is an Instagram account now just for this show. Please follow on Instagram at nowhearthisentertainment. And certainly a big thanks to all those who are not first-time listeners. Just so thankful for all of you who continue to listen to the show. Elise, you had been talking about the different instruments that you play. So on the subject of instruments and the road and gear and all that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you got an endorsement a couple months ago from Fishman. I know a lot of up-and-comers all want deals with equipment companies and or they just want cash. So (laughs) tell tell the listeners how that opportunity with Fishman came to be. Um, Well, actually, a friend pointed out that that Fishman was featuring artists in their newsletter. and, and she said, you should get in there. You love your fishman. She had just done a, a summer tour with me, um, Natalie Gilman. And, uh, and so she, um, she pointed that out to me and sent me over, um, the email and I, I pinged them and said, Hey, I love my fishman. Um, you know, would you be interested in featuring me in the newsletter? And they said, why? Yes, yes, we would. And hmm. furthermore, here's, here's an endorsement contract. Wow. Um, and, wow. um, and so it was, um, sudden and unexpected and so wonderful because um they have just such awesome stuff and i've always loved my fishman ever since i got it a couple years ago i use it for everything it's so nice to be able to have a small amp that gets a rich full loud sound um on both my guitar and my voice or my piano basically anything i throw through it Mm. um so i've been i've been really fortunate to get to work with them (laughs) so the short answer is how did you get that deal with with fishman well bruce i asked you know i mean (laughs) that's that's pretty much my entire career is just you know getting up the gumption and sometimes i don't even think it's getting up the gumption because i think i'm asking for something else um dumb luck um etc and and just asking you know be committed to making something beautiful and then keep asking for what you want well, and the fact of the matter is there are so many no's in this business that you're already prepared that the worst that they're going to say is no. And you say, well, at least I tried and I'm just going to go yeah. ask someone else now anyway. So, you know, yeah. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. It's amazing how many no's, you know, everybody that we respect so much out there in the world in any field, how many no's they got. I mean, just, you know, the classic example of how many times the Beatles got turned down or <laughs> Bob Dylan, et cetera. So it's like, you know you have to you have to be able to let things roll off your back and at the same time you're not going to be able to let things roll off your back you're an artist you're sensitive um but um but learning to balance that and nurture yourself um through all the no's so you get to all those big yeses after a long while so it's it's kind of the trick yeah i would argue that it that it makes the yeses all that much sweeter when you have had a string of no's leading yeah. up to them yeah uh, Definitely. Similar to episode 66 with Damon Fowler, he's a, a blues man. He talked about being a husband and a dad while being a full-time musician. And then uh, episode 72 with Nelson Montana, who nice. talked about being a single dad. I have to ask you how you play 150-ish shows a year, yet you are a mother. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm you know, 
very, very committed to being extremely present with my kids. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I've had a <laughs> lot of um, singer songwriter friends ask me to kind of teach a seminar on um, making touring work with kids and so on. And mm. it is logistically, I mean, touring in the first place is logistically hard and add kids to that. And it's a logistical nightmare. But um, I have to say, nothing fills my well back up, my heart well, as much as being able to cuddle with my kids in the morning and then go make beautiful music at night. Because the music, if you do it night after night after night, you really can, you can wear your heart out. You can feel empty and like you have mm. nothing left to give. Um, and, uh, and kids, as much as they take even more, they also, nothing will fill your heart up faster um, to some degree. So, so I've, I've been really fortunate with that. How do I make it work? Okay. How do I make it work? <laughs> I already um, told you, Bruce, I don't know. Smoke and mirrors. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Um, so in the past, um, I've always had to fly either my mother or my husband's mom down um, to Austin to to hang with the kids. Um, that helped a lot, but it was, it was pretty pricey. Um, uh, and then I could only go out for, you know, a week and a half, max two weeks. Um, and even then you get a couple days out and you're already crying yourself awake in the morning, missing them. Mm. Um, so the 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 emotional strain of being away from them and knowing how many memories you're missing is, um, it's hard. And, um, and then, then actually just, um, a couple of months ago, a, um, a friend who was, who started out as a super fan of mine, um, who's done some nannying. She said that she would absolutely, absolutely love to come nanny for us. Um, that, she loved it, um, my music so much and the kids that wow. she would, you know, be willing to do it for free. And obviously I wasn't about to let her do it for free, but, um, so she now lives with us full time mm. and, um, and helps me kind of make my home life make sense. Um, yeah, I'll bet. and, uh, and so that's, that's really reassuring knowing that I have her there, um, to be a consistent loving presence with the kids. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. So it's, it's a tap dance and, and I have an extremely awesome husband um, <laughs> to, to, to go through all this with me as well. Um, even before we had kids, you know, me just saying, Hey, you're going to get to see me for four days to a week, um, once a month, um, for the next four months and him thinking, why did I get married again? <laughs> um, so, so he's, he's marvelous and he has always been a believer um, which is, is wonderful. You need people to believe in you. Outstanding. At some point. One other note about your personal life. I am told sure. that you were a teacher. Uh, this reminds me of episode 39 with Ellie Holcomb, who talked during that interview about having walked away from teaching to pursue music full-time. So if I'm correct that you did the same, um, talk about going through that. And if I'm incorrect, then set the record straight. <laughs> well, actually, um, I, I um, tutored and taught to pay my way through college. Um, got degrees in a whole bunch of very responsible subjects, none of which were music. Um, came from a very professional family who didn't think music was, it was they thought it was a nice pastime to have um, while you did your real job. Um, and maybe they're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I actually, right after college, went and worked for um, a really nice business consulting company um, and was fast tracking there to um, 
to do well there. And um, on the same time, even though it was a dream job for so many people, I I was miserable. I knew I had gone down the wrong path for me. Um, And um, so somehow through my husband's support, I was able to say, you know, thank you, but I, I need to go. Um, because I was, I was, I was suicidally depressed. Um, Mm. um, and, um, contemplating other ways to get out of my job other than, um, quitting. Mm. Um, and I figured that it was better to be broke and alive than dead and, you know, doing well financially. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I was right. (laughs) <laughs> I think so. I think you made well, at least right for me. Decision. I think it definitely depends on the person. Yeah, yeah. But um, but for me, this this has led to a hard but fulfilling life, uh, and uh, and I think it's it's been hard one, but it, it's it's really starting to pay off. If it, um, if this was a video interview right now, while you're talking at the bottom of the screen, it would say results not typical. Do not try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> no, completely. Because, you know, I don't want to encourage people to make, you know, um, humongous leaps that um, that leave them not able to feed their kids. Um, um, but I do think that staying open to find a way to lead the life of your dreams and make reasonable money maybe not fantastic money, but reasonable money at it, staying open to making that happen, keep looking for ways to do it. And, um, and maybe that means transitioning gradually over to it or um, finding a way to combine your passion with what you're doing now. And the thing is, is that no matter what you do, it's going to be sucky at times. Like there are a lot of times where I do not want to leave the house to go on a tour or to go um, to a show or to go to a media event. But the thing is, is you, if you have passion at the base of it, if you have something you believe in um, at the base of it um, and it fulfills your purpose in this world, I think that you will get over that and you'll make yourself get up and go do it. Indeed. Indeed. Well, unfortunately uh, we're at the end of the show, but we are going to close today with a song of yours called Willowing. So before we let you go, Elise, do tell the listeners, please, all about this song. Sure. Um, a lot of people think this song is a, is a bedroom song, if you will. <laughs> um, but it's actually couldn't be further from the truth. I let them think that because why not? Um, but, um, but it's about um, the middle of the night and some really dark times and wondering if I was an alcoholic, wondering if I was ever going to be able to believe in myself, wondering a lot of the same questions. I think we all ask ourselves about whether or not we're headed down the right path or we're um, any good at anything. Um, and, uh, and so willowing to me is, um, is about melting and falling apart, falling down. Um, and, um, and the people who take a stand for you to some degree so that you don't, you don't completely fall apart. You just kind of fall apart and then you put yourself back together. Mm, so, wow. Wow. Very dark about depression. <laughs> but, you know, if they want to think it's about, you know, sex, then power to them. Sure, sure. Well, <laughs> very interesting insight. And, and that's, uh, that's why I always do like to close that way. Uh, we will play the song in its entirety. I will not be talking over it. Um, so thank you for, uh, for that explanation. And uh, gosh, just thanks ever so much for your time today, Elise. I really enjoyed it. And listeners uh, expect to hear more from Elise on this show. We're, we're probably going to have her back early on in, in 2016, um, just because there's so much more I would have loved to have covered with her today. And she's just going to continue to do great things. Uh, we know that for sure. So we'll hear more of that 
um, when she's back on in the first part of the year. But uh, Elise, for now, thank you ever so much. Um, I'm going to be very early and say congratulations. Uh, I know the new album isn't done yet, but uh, you're just about there, and, and I know it's going to be great. And um, thank you, really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. My pleasure. That will do it for this week's edition of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Elise Black. Do visit her official website at www.eliseblack.com and then be sure to engage with her on social media. So that means like her Facebook page, follow her on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to her YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. And of course, do purchase her music, which is available on iTunes. And as I've already suggested, keep up with her online to be informed of when and where you can go see her perform live, as well as obviously news about her new album. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and I was going to say share, but they call it repost episodes there. And you can also follow on SoundCloud. Let's get your feedback on the show too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nowhearthis.biz. Plus there's a link there to this show on Instagram or do the old fashioned way and send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online on their website at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Elise Black. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Willowing.
tracks from my 